It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. The Sickest Montreal Canadiens Podcast. (laughs) There is a ball! Sports entertainment. Like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la victoire des Canadiens. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's gonna be sick. Marinero, the sick podcast on this Thursday, February 15. It is two minutes past 10 o'clock in the Montreal Canadiens, a couple of nights after obliterating the Anaheim Ducks by a score of five to nothing, in which was such a great night. Suzuki had two goals, Lefkowski had three points, Gignac scored his first NHL goal. Caden Primo got his first NHL shutout. Well, we knew that going into Madison Square Garden to visit the New York Rangers was going to be a totally different game. But we thought, hey, you know what? Things are looking up. The number one line is rocking and rolling. Maybe they got their second win. Maybe they're going to surprise. But if you're somebody that's preaching and hoping for losses and the tank, you were happy tonight because the Montreal Canadiens lost. And they lost big by a score of 7-4. to four. The uh, scoreline probably made it look actually closer than it was. The fact the Canadians only lost by three goals. But uh, it seemed like the New York Rangers, uh, if they wanted to put the pedal to the metal, they could have. And it seemed like they took their foot off of the pedal in period number three. And the Montreal Canadiens were able to muster a lot of shots in period number three. So uh, that's what it looked like happened. The Canadians got absolutely destroyed in this one. Everyone looked terrible, especially the line of Newhook, Armia, and Joshua Roy. They were minus nine combined for the line, minus three apiece. Samuel Montembeau gave up seven goals. This was his worst game since the game in Boston versus the Bruins, where if memory serves me well, 
He actually gave up eight. The Canadians gave up nine. He was pulled after eight. He was not pulled in this one. I'm still wondering what Marty St. Louis was thinking by not pulling Samuel Montembeau. I could tell you early on in that hockey game that he did not look overly comfortable. I'm comfortable tonight, and I know my collaborator and my guest, Grant McCagg of Recruits and Recruits.ca, will be very comfortable as well. So we're going to get to it, but not before I talk to you about Energy Transportation Group, a proud partner and sponsor of the SICK Podcast. They've been named by the Financial Times as one of the America's fastest-growing companies in 2023, recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top-growing Canadian company for two years in a row. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies, providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. I want to thank them for their support. Also, these guys right behind me, uh, it's a fridge full of drinks, and I think I'm going to have myself a bit to be, t- uh, to be tonight. It's one of those nights. La Bit at TB brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit at TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit at TB, embrace your true nature. Also, Playground, discover a world of luxury at Playground, explore their new 30,000 square foot expansion with thrilling games, gourmet dining, and live entertainment located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal Playground. Playground experience the strip without the trip and in ending also brought to you in part by accent insurance solutions you know all insurance isn't created equal and you know where to find the right solution for you accent insurance accent doesn't sell insurance they shop it for you to find the right product right on the money whatever your insurance needs home automobile or business call them at 514-363-3636 all right okay without further ado why don't we do this let's bring them in from recruits and recruits.ca. He's one half of the recruits draft cast podcast right here on the sick media network. Grant McCagg, what's going on with you? Hey, Tony. Oh, I, yeah. it's funny. Last game, I, I had forgotten about this shirt for some reason. And I, you, you ever had a shirt that you just, you know, you hadn't worn in a while and you've, Oh yeah, there, there it is there. And I yeah. wore it last game. Okay. And, uh, break. Slavkowski had three points. They won five nothing. I thought, geez, yeah, I got to wear this every Habs game now. So I wore it tonight. Uh, you're one of the superstitious types, eh? You're one of those. Well, eh? I mean, and you know, Slavkowski's uh, most productive game ever. They win five nothing. So I wore it tonight, and two more for Slav, but uh, yeah, wasn't quite as good for the team. Hey, speaking of shirts, I'm going to break away here for five seconds. And I'm going to be back. I'm going to show you something. It's pretty spectacular. <laughs> Okay. Hey. That's Sweet. Yeah. Nice yeah. That is sportbuffshop.com. Sportbuffshop.com. Also one of our proud sponsors. I had a chance. I met with Chris a couple of months ago. He had just got that piece and he gave it to me. But on a night like tonight, I'm not going to, you know, with all due respect to him, I don't feel like wearing it. I feel like wearing it a mozzy too now. Like it's now it's you. Like what in the world is going on? Wow. If you're a coach, man, there's a lot of things you hated about that game. And I know you're happy that your number one line was still picked up where they left off and they were on the score sheet all over the place. But from a defensive standpoint, mm-hmm. Defense for this yeah. year, like defense 101, like read the book. Like this was awful. <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, one game closer to the closer to a top five pick. I always closer try to, to look at the yeah, yeah. You know, the positive 
side of the coin, right, Tony? So No, no, yeah. I hear you. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, Uri Slavkovsky, you talked about him. His first uh, three-point game in the National Hockey League last game. He had two more points in tonight's game. He had one goal. He had one assist. He had a couple of shots. He played 19 minutes and 59 seconds. Wasn't that kind of cool? We know what's even cooler. His seven-game point streak has now moved him into the number one spot for teenagers in Montreal, Canadians' history, the longest point streak for a teenager in Montreal, Canadians' history. You know, if this guy goes on to never do anything again in the National Hockey League, that's a pretty good record to wow. have. huh? Definitely. Longest point streak for a teenager in yeah. Montreal, Canadians' history. The last time I checked, the Canadians have a history that goes back over 100 years. Not too shabby. Whoa. And uh, it's funny, last week I uh, I got thinking, you know, I can't recall any teenagers for the Canadians that ever played on the top line, ever. And I uh, I rang up uh, the, the the guy that you would call about such a thing, Liam McGuire. Liam McGuire, said, yeah, of course. You know, I said, Liam, do you, you know, do you recall a teenager that ever played on the first line on the Canadians? And he he, he said, no, he didn't. And then Liam got the wheels turning and he thought back, well, boom, boom, maybe, you know, he came up as a teenager and I uh, looked into it and yeah, but he was behind a guy named the rocket on the right side. So he didn't play on the first line as a 19 year old and John wow. Quilty was the only other guy. And, and then we both thought of Stefan Richet, but Richet didn't play on the top line. It was Dallin, Bobby Smith and, uh, Oh, I can't think of the third guy now. But anyways, he didn't play on the top line. Um, oh, Matt Snazland was Matt on the top Snazland. line. But hold on yeah. a second. There's your answer. Because that's the first guy I was thinking about. Sheldalin, 1985-1986. Sheldalin picked up 71 points yeah, in 77 he games. He played on a line with Naslin and Bobby Smith. He wasn't a teenager, though. Uh you're right. He was 21. Yeah. He, he was 21 or maybe 22. Yeah. You're right. He was 21 or 22. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, I right. looked into it and I, I checked every year and every roster and, yeah. uh, you know, looked at games played and who played with who. There's yeah. never, he's the first guy to play regularly yeah. on the top line as a teenager in Montreal Canadiens history. And I think that's, that's just that's amazing. That's pretty cool. You know? Yeah, this guy is Grant McCagg. He's the guy who believed all along. You know, I'm not one to to actually see. See, right now because everyone's coming out. Uh, uh, I always believed everyone on the message. Why I, I believed on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, on Twitter Live. Everyone's saying that they believed. Everyone's saying that they watched Lefkowski play in Finland. Everyone's saying they saw him play at the Olympics. Everyone's saying they saw him play at the World Championships. Everyone's saying that they knew it was him all along. Everyone's saying that they knew it wasn't going to be Shane Wright. Everyone's saying that they knew it wasn't going to be Logan Cooley. Everyone's saying that he shouldn't have gone to Laval. Right? Everyone's saying everything is amazing. I had my doubts, not as far as the players concerned. I never had my doubts as far as the players concerned. I had my doubts as far as, uh, not doubts, I'll put it this way. I'm shocked that he got this good this fast. This is what yeah. I'll say. So, yeah. you know, when you go number one in the draft, you're expected to be a very good player in the National Hockey League. I expected that. I expected him to score goals in the National Hockey League. I expected him to be a power forward in the National Hockey League. But expect him to play, and I've said this over a couple of days now, Expect him to play a 200-foot game the way he has and be as good a playmaker as he is after 90 games in the National Hockey League? No, I never expected that. 
Yeah. That, that's fast. Yeah. And you, you, like, I know even earlier in the year, I, uh, in one of our podcasts, like I, you know, as you know, I've been his biggest backer, but I, even I said, like, I, I'm starting to wonder if he'll be as good a goal scorer as I thought he was going to be when in this draft year, because he just, he seemed like he was just not able to find the shooting lanes. Not, like was always nervous in the slot when he got the puck, he'd pass it away. Like it just no confidence, but it, it was all just a teenager that has to adapt to the NHL. And he did. Yeah. And I mean, now, geez, that, that was a rocket shot again tonight. He Grant, there was a lot of things. Being 19 was one. Yeah. Uh, being under the microscope was another. True. Um, playing in the best league in the world versus the best players in the world was another. Playing on a third line with third line players yes. was another. And not and not, not on the top power play. Not getting on the top power play, which yeah. can hurt your confidence, was another. Mm-hmm. You add it all up. There was a bunch of things, but I have to tell you, at one point there was a trip from his parents down here, and it seemed like ever since they came, things started to settle down. And at around Christmas time, things started to get a lot better. And as Slavkovsky got better, he started to get. You started to play with Suzuki and Caulfield. Yeah. Then they started to get better. Then he started to play on the power play, and the power play started to get better. And now it's all snowballing in a very, very positive way. But let's yeah. get back to Slavkovsky later, okay? Um, but it is a beautiful story. Let's kind of recap the game if we can. Let's go through the Canadians lineup very quickly here. A special load, everyone watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, Twitter Live. Tonight's going to be a good one. So uh, thanks for watching. Suzuki with Slavkovsky on his right, Caulfield on his left. Evans with Anderson on his right and Pearson on his left. Newhook with Armie on his right and then Joshua Roy on his left. Gignac with Gallagher, who was back in the lineup after serving the five-game suspension, and Pozzetta on his left. Matheson, Savard, Struble, Gouli, Jakai Kovacevic, and Samuel Montambo in goal. All right, let's go through the score sheet if we can. And we'll try and do it as quickly as we can. All right, okay. So this was a nice passing play. It was Kovacevic to Evans to Pearson to Anderson in the slot who spun and turned. He shot a save by Quick, a rebound to Jake Evans, and he was able to slot it home his second in as many games. They go on to period number two, and here's where the New York Rangers scored four goals, four unanswered goals in a span of Four minutes and 10 seconds. Truba, blue line pass behind the net to Zabanajad. Matheson gave him some space. He found Kreider, who was just even outside of the slot. He was was quite high, as a matter of fact. And his quick snapshot, I think, caught Montembeau sleeping. I didn't like the way Montembeau looked on that first goal. Uh, Mind you, Kreider was completely unattended. The whole new hook line was on the ice. And nobody had nobody in the defensive zone. So there you have it. It's tied at one. The Rangers take the lead when Brodzinski wins a faceoff clean versus Pearson, who took the draw instead of Evans. Cackle pass went from Lindgren to Fox from D to D. A shot in front of the net. Cooley gets behind Gooley. He redirects the puck. And it's 2-1 for the New York Rangers, who then end up getting a shorthanded goal. When Fox goes to Panarin, back to Fox, to Sabinajad, left circle, right-handed blast. Suzuki's within 10 feet of Zabinajad on that one. Kreider deflection. 
Anderson to top it all off is screening Samuel Montembeau, and the Rangers take that 3-0 lead. Marty St. Louis challenges for goaltender interference, claiming that Kreider interfered with Montembeau. They go to the challenge. The goal stands. The New York Rangers go on the power play because the Canadians lose the challenge. And, of course, what have to happen happened. Fox to Panarin. His shot is deflected by Kreider, and they go up by a score of 4-1. to That goal that Kreider scored, his second of the game, for the Rangers to go up 4-1, to did you notice anything on the goal as you're trying to go through it in your mind here? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, no. Savard just left him alone. Like he just. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. get his stick. He didn't tie him up. It's like I can't wait for this game to end. I want to go home. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he wanted to go to a Broadway show. Are there Broadway shows that start at eleven p.m. or what? I don't think so. <laughs> I've been to New York before. I go to the two p.m. show and I go to the eight p.m. show. I never saw Broadway shows. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was at the Broadway show all afternoon. But Savard, uh, maybe maybe he was out of game. gas, Tony. Yeah, Savard, uh, Savard, yeah, he's out of gas. Yeah, Savard <laughs> was great last game, was not so great. But you notice no. that Jack Eye was great last game. You notice how many guys were great last game, and tonight they weren't. Tonight they yeah. played a good team, man. Anaheim was horrible last game. That helped. Anaheim, I don't know if Anaheim would have beaten the River Racks of Park Willette Cobras and Villa Sal on Tuesday night. They were terrible. <laughs> Yeah. But you got to give the Canadians credit. I mean, they got the job done. They got the job done, right? What What I noticed right, what so, was interesting about that, Tony, was uh, yeah, the, 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 Montreal shut them out the first half of this game. They uh, the Rangers didn't score a goal. The Rangers didn't score a goal in the first half of, of tonight's game. They scored seven in the second half. So, you know, I I think New York outplayed them, but it. Not in the, really in the first period. It was pretty even, I thought. And even the first 10 minutes of the second. But then the floodgates opened and uh, it was seven goals in the second half of the game. Like, wow. Good thing they didn't get seven in the first half. It would have been 14. That, that would have been something. Uri Slavkowski's goal narrows the lead to 4-2. Uh, a pass to Kreider is picked off by Cole Caulfield, who finds Slavkowski who's been working with Dr. Schott over the last month, been working quite a bit of overtime. And you know what? This is something I love about Slavkowski. There's a couple of things. Yeah. You can tell already the dedication and the commitment. Remember how many times he got tagged last year, Grant? What did he do yeah. in the offseason? He put on one of those virtual reality headsets, and he was, he was 
training with that for hours and hours every day, you know, where your reaction time, you're really practicing your reaction time. And all of a sudden you have to take information, you're spinning, you're turning, and you're seeing objects right in front of you and you have to react. It's a great exercise for what was plaguing him. Yeah. His shot. You told me, I said, Grant, when are we going to see a shot? And you said, Tony, trust me, he's got a shot. I said, okay, take your word for it, Grant. But when are we going to see it? <laughs> what does this guy do? He starts working with Dr. Shot. And you see a shot in the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know? And, and what hard, really man. impressed me too, Tony, when he scored that goal, he did not smile once. Why? His team was still down two goals. When he scores, when it puts a team ahead or makes it even or it's close, he's happy. But he did not crack a smile once that whole time. They showed him on the bench, the whole thing. I just thought that was so cool. He's got such a team-first attitude. It's just he's a gem. Yeah, no, he really is. And once again, his commitment to get better uh, is really, really impressing me. All right, okay. On to period number three, uh, Schneider to Panarin, who goes around Newhook, a pass to Trocek with a quick wrister. It deflects off of David Savard. At one point, they thought it was Lafreniere's. Teammates going up to him, Lafreniere says, I didn't touch it. It's not me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unlike Gilbert Dion, who in the 1993 <laughs> playoffs, and Patrice Brisbois Bris took a wrister, and uh, he started pointing, it's me, it's me, it's me, I deflected it. Uh, all right, okay. Hello to Gilbert, by the way. Um, Suzuki to Matheson, a point shot, deflects off of Caulfield, banks off the boards, comes back, banks off of Quick's right leg, and goes in. Caulfield's goal, 5-3, narrows the lead. Jacki at one point, leaves his position, gets caught. Zabanajad to Kreider for the redirect. He gets his hat trick. Uh, later, Adam Fox to Capo Caco, who... Uh, even though he's having a disappointing season, I was asked a couple of weeks ago before the Canadians traded Monahan, would you trade uh, Monahan for Capocaco? And I said, you're damn right I would. And he spinned and turned around Kovacevic. In close, he was able to uh, beat Samuel Montembeau at 7-3. And then Slavkovsky turns and passes to Cole Caulfield, a quick wrister by him, far side, 7-4, and that's the way it ended. Man, we have a bunch of things to talk about. Uh, okay. Once again, Newhook's worst game since returning from the injury. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, was. Because he's been great prior to tonight. Yeah, he's been good. Um, used, utilized his speed, in, in, you know, in the first couple of games. But, uh, you know, you're, you're working on adrenaline when you first come back, you know, the first game or two usually, and then maybe you hit a bit of a wall. Was that his third game, Tony, or fourth? I can't. One or the other, I think. But, you know, he probably hit a bit of a wall there. And uh, hopefully he bounces back and looks like he did in the first couple games back. And um, yeah, because uh, they're going to need him, uh, obviously. You know, I didn't think I thought the in the first period, especially that uh, newly formed fourth line was pretty effective. They were uh, I mean, they scored a goal that was brought back and that was questionable like Gignac was it really over his anytime it's anywhere close to your shoulder they always I thought, call it, was, it, a high I thought stick. it was a high stick I thought it was a high stick it was close it was darn close yeah you yeah, know I thought it was a high but stick. I mean okay so it's a high stick but what if it's not 
you know it's a goal yeah and they had two or three really good chances and they actually had looked like they had some chemistry um it might end up being a, a half decent fourth line for them um that's probably where gallagher should be slotted is the fourth line at this point um you know you're going to get a hundred percent effort out of them uh it's funny that will cooley did you not were you impressed by him tonight i uh, that, he's, he's one of the lead he's the leading rookie in hits he's putting up good point totals um, he's a good player he's a big boy and yes it's funny like i know that trevor liked him quite a bit trevor timmons in his draft year and uh i, I sent him a tweet tonight but a, a text tonight but he didn't get back to me just asking him if uh um you know they picked tuck and meshack back to back in mid of the second round but I'm uh-huh. positive that Cooley would have been like next on their on their list because he he liked them quite a bit, and it's too bad that they hadn't uh, they hadn't grabbed Cooley too. Imagine Cooley, he'd be a perfect guy on the second line, you know, going forward. Uh, perfect, he would be perfect. Know? Yeah, but it, yeah, that, it well, just goes I, to show like you just how important the draft is, you know. Yeah, no, no, I like him a lot. He's uh, he's got a nice package, Will Cooley. And yeah. once again, for those wondering, 2020 NHL draft, uh, second round, he went 60th overall. And, of course, uh, that is the draft that the Montreal Canadiens got Caden Gooley with the 16th pick overall. And then the Montreal Canadiens got Luke Tuck, 47, Jan Mishak at 48. And once again, Cooley goes at 60 to the Rangers and uh, the Canadians' next pick after that was, uh, oh, I don't know. It was, uh, I don't know if they had a third-round pick that year. But anyway, okay. Um, by the way, uh, everyone's, I don't know if there's some trolling going on, uh, but Jeremy said that Cole Caulfield equals Nathan Gerby. Come on, please. Let's stop talking stupid here, all right? <laughs> um, first of all, uh, if it's in size, uh, Caulfield's taller than Gerby, who was, I think, the smallest player I, I think I've ever seen in the history of the National <laughs> Hockey League. That's number one. Number yeah. two, Nathan Gerby never had more than a 16-goal season in the National <laughs> Hockey League. Uh, but for the most part, he scored three, five, six, two, uh, four, um, you know, ten. But he had 16 goals a couple of times. Yanking your chain, Cole Caulfield has 19 this year, 26 last year in 46 games, and 23 before that in 67 games. Cole Caulfield already has nine more goals in two and a half times less games than Nathan Gerby. So please, let's stop talking stupid. Everyone's (laughs) entitled to an opinion, but sometimes some opinions are wrong, and that one is wrong. Now, Jeremy just came back and said Tony is the GOAT, so Jeremy, uh, I take everything back I said about you. I love you. All right, okay. There you go. Um, where do you want to go with this tonight? Where do, there's so much to I, I don't even know where to start tonight. I don't even know where to start. I mean, um, Jack I said he played his best game since returning from Laval last game. Tonight he was not good. Kavachevich was not good. Mind you, who was good on defense? I mean, Michael Matheson was. No one was good tonight for the Canadians on D. Like no one. No, I did. I I didn't really. I didn't like anybody. I Even, thought the Canadians were very passive tonight on D. Yeah, yeah. They 
I was told that even the broadcasters brought up uh, the fact that, you know, why doesn't Matheson pass the puck to Slavkowski on the power play every now and then? It, even the yeah. even the broadcasters now are starting to notice it, that uh, he's got an aversion to uh, – Slav sits there with his stick up ready for the one-timer, <laughs> and it goes to Caulfield or Suzuki every single time. Matheson just there can't was- bring himself to pass the puck to Slav. It's just – it's almost got to the comical stage, but surely, you know surely what, the coaches tell him he's been told. You know about what really, it, it's you know what really impressed me tonight, Grant, about Slavkowski besides the goal and the assist. There's actually something that impressed me more than that, and I really like what you said. He went back to the bench. He wasn't even smiling because his team was down a couple of goals. Uh, okay. So I like that. But there was a play, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if you remember it, but I think it was. I'm trying to remember what period it was, but I think it was late in period number two. The Canadians were on a power play, but the 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 uh, the Rangers were they on a power play? I'm not sure, but the Canadians had the Rangers pinned in their zone, and on two occasions, Slavkowski got a puck, like but in a bad spot, and I thought he's going to fumble it, he's going to lose it, and his composure was so good, and he was able to make the right play at the right time, and I'm like, man, this guy's smart, like man, this guy's good, and once again for me. The thing that impresses me the most is the guy, the quality of the student, learning so much, so fast, yeah. and being so good so fast. Like, when you and I talked about Slavkowski, you kept on saying patience, 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 and you were right, right? But I think maybe you might even be surprised, but the patience, you were probably thinking he was going to come to into his own a little bit next year, a little bit more the year after, which he will. He went from looking confused one month and maybe like fumbling the puck a little bit mm-hmm. to being as cool as a cucumber and making every single right play overnight. Confidence. Well, I don't know if it was overnight, Tony. I mean, well, he, it was, even it was before a he was getting points two two months ago, three months ago, he was playing well. You can remember us talking about it. Like, say, Slavkowski was at a, his best game, and oh, he had his best game ever. Like, it, it was a recurring theme, but the points weren't coming yet. But now, it, you know, that part's come. And the confidence just keeps building. And, uh, you know, he was under the microscope in Montreal. It's <laughs> funny, we had on Meshar uh, on the podcast there a f- couple of weeks yeah. back, DraftCast. And, you know, he's just talking about how it doesn't, you know, he, he's, he's lived on his own since he was 14. He's a mature kid, you know. And he just... He said, if anybody could handle the pressure, it's him. And it was one of the reasons why they they took him, in addition to obviously him. I mean, it looks like he was the best player in the draft, in that draft class, obviously. But it it, it was also character was a, a, one of the main reasons why they took him. And then Brent, they also – uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, as you know, as you know, just, just picking up on a point that you made about Slavkowski, my son's 18 years old, my youngest. And he's been living in Portugal since uh, since the 9th of July. Mm. And uh, and he FaceTimes us, and uh, he's learned how to make rice, and he makes chicken, and he makes pasta, and he makes steaks, and he makes burgers, but he doesn't have the bread because, unlike his father, um, <laughs> he, he doesn't eat bread um, or, or, or any you know he'll he'll have the burger meat but he doesn't really Gluten. eat any fast food whatsoever yeah so all to say 
that my wife and I, we know how hard it is for an 18-year-old to be on his own, an 18-year-old, right? There's been some growing pains here along the way. He's really impressed us, but we know how hard it's been. Right. Slavkovsky was four years younger. He's 14. Yeah. Crazy, eh? 14, you're, you're, you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he, he's mature beyond his years for sure when it comes to that, you know. And then uh, another thing last summer, he went to Czech, Czechia and did some breathing exercise thing for a couple of weeks where, like, I, I forget the whole thing, but I remember there was a story about it. It was another thing, and you'd notice him on the bench breathing heavy. You know, I mentioned it to you last year, just yeah. stamina needed to improve. And yeah. uh, and he needed to learn to breathe. Uh, I think it just overexcited, just like the hick, the yips that he was getting in the slot with the pucks before. Just a little too excited, needing experience at the NHL level, needing to, you know, calm down as he went along. And you saw it tonight, and you you noticed uh, those two occasions, right? You, that you said that where he was cool as a cucumber, and uh, it's just. Uh, Coming with experience. Somebody posted the after 92 games, how many points Jack Hughes had, and now how many Slav? Same points, 37. Jack Hughes now did in his first 92 games, which is another encouraging sign, you know? Well, I I mean, and his his first 93 games now, because it was 92 last game. Right. right? Yeah. But it was uh, last game it showed after 92 games. And um, I mean, you asked me, you know, like, you, and I, I have said that I think he can be at his best. He can be a point a game scorer. Um, yeah, I feel a lot more confident about that now. Like I, yeah, I mean he's what twenty one points in his last twenty three games. It's the most by a uh, any player in the last twenty three games that's been drafted since twenty twenty. So the Stutzla draft, uh, you know the Owen Power draft, Slavs draft and and then this year's draft the most points of any player drafted in the last uh four drafts that's that's pretty cool well up until last week wasn't he second in points tied with suzuki behind Connor mcdavid since february 1st i read that somewhere oh so i mean i yeah well look (laughs) uh there's a bunch of rangers who picked up uh you know some points tonight here i I don't know how much that but i i think uh, a couple of days ago i read I read that it was Connor McDavid, Suzuki, and Slavkovsky for the most points since February first. Wow! I think yeah. I read that. All right, so yeah. that's that's uh, anyway. It's 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 beyond impressive. So you know what else though is impressive? Well, let's talk about Cole Caulfield because yeah. Cole Caulfield tonight broke his all-time high points in the National Hockey League. A couple of years ago, Cole Caulfield had forty-three points in sixty-seven games. Tonight, he now has forty-five points. In 54 games. So two more points in 13 less games. And think of when he was slumping at one point this season. That's what a slump included. All to say, Grant, is that for everyone who said the Canadians could never win a Stanley Cup if their first line is Suzuki Caulfield and Slavkowski, for those who said that up until a month ago, I don't know if you could say that anymore because the way they're yeah. playing right now, I think I think they all have a point of game in them. Oh, for sure. 
And I, I, I didn't, I never did. I thought it was too early to be saying that with these guys because they're all still improving as players, and especially Slavkovsky. I was just looking at the the 2019 draft, like the fellow that was saying about Gerby. Caulfield's yeah. in points from that draft class, and uh, and he's second in goals among all players drafted in uh, 2019. Hey, what are you doing? I'm doing my podcast. Sweetheart, what are you doing? Sweetie. Sweetie, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? My wife walked in while I'm doing my podcast. Oh, Sweetheart, hey. what are you doing? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We're here, here, here. Here we are. Say hello. Say hello to your life. <laughs> it's so mean. Love you. So, so we're doing the podcast, and I'm in my podcast studio, and and I hear my wife slowly walking in, and she went down to the fridge where I have some cottage cheese. She came down to get some cottage cheese, and but if anyone knows my wife, she hates being on camera, and like <laughs> I'm dead now. Like I am dead. She's gonna like kill me tonight. Oh man. <laughs> Wow. Oh, what a laugh. All right, okay. I'm in one of those moods tonight. Uh, I'm. You know what? I, I feel like getting into a lot of questions. You feel like getting into some questions? Sure, why not? Think- okay, so let's get to yeah. some questions. I'm I'm on the YouTube live right now. Uh, ask away. I'd love to have a lot of engagement tonight with you watching. Uh, ask Grant a question. Ask me a question. And uh, we'll go for it. <laughs> Biden... Biden says, Tony, you'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. Yeah, wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> wouldn't be the first time. Uh, okay, uh, others. Let's go. Other questions. Let's go. Throw your questions, and Grant and I will tackle them. Grant, would you draft Tage Aginla with a top 10 pick? Maybe. Uh, there's certainly... Uh... I've had some good discussions with uh, with NHL scouts lately who think uh, they think that probably Connolly and Eisenman might be a little better and might go top ten as opposed to Aginla, who's close on their list. But mm-hmm. um, I mean, he had a great top prospects game, but that's just a top prospects game. Yeah, you, know? you have to scout these guys all year. Uh, I'm a sucker for genetics, Grant. I'm a sucker for genetics. I know. I, really I love. I I love Aginla, yeah. and I mean, I I would pick him. Um, I don't think it's beyond. We have a whole clump of defensemen that are ranked between four and nine, and that's looks where that's where the Habs are going to pick. And I'll be just curious to know whether they drive everyone crazy and take another defenseman because it's not beyond the realm of possibility because you can always trade defensemen to fill uh, spots. And they, I think, I really do think that next year they're going to go for it. Like they are going to make some deals just like Gorton did back in the Rangers days where they load up, they get Doc back, they get a top 10 pick, uh, you know, Beck, Kapanen, uh, maybe Hudson, a few other guys, maybe Reinbacher, Mayu's probably ready next year. They, I think that they will maybe make a trade with a defenseman or two to get a top six forward. 
sometime over the next six months and uh, and and try really hard to make the playoffs next year. So it doesn't it's not beyond the realm of possibility that they pick a defenseman and they trade another they trade two or three. It's I mean they defensemen have such great value. You can get so much for them um, that if, if the top guy on their board, let's say Zane Perek's there at seven. He's a 100-point yeah. scorer in the OHL this year. The first yeah, one He scored again years. tonight, I think. I think he oh, scored yeah, again tonight. He came up on my timeline, yeah. He's just a magician with the puck, Tony. I mean, this guy could be a point-per-game defenseman. But imagine him out on that power play with, with the Suzuki. Like, you know, you talk about can these guys become point-per-game players? Well, if you add a defenseman like Zane Parekh, along with Hudson and Reinbacher and Mayu over the next two or three years, that's going to yeah. add an offense to the – that'll jump their point totals five, ten points each just You're there right. alone, you know. H- having the guy yeah. back there that will pass it to Slavkowski, you know, that won't just pass it over to the left side. Uh, yeah. it, it, it's going to do wonders for them. So, I mean, you get the best six defensemen you can get. You trade the others to fill holes. I mean – it's a chess game. It's not a check game of checkers. You don't you draft yeah. for the future, and it wouldn't shock me if they ended up taking another defenseman if that's the top yeah. guy on your board. All right. You have to see the YouTube live. There's one name that keeps on coming up here. Every fifth comment, his name is coming up. Whose name you think is coming up? Uh, I don't know. Michkov? Trevor Zegris. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you were Kent Hughes, would you acquire Trevor Zegras? If so, let's let's play a clip from last night with Craig Button. Trevor Zegras on my team. I want Trevor Zegras. Trevor Zegras is a game changer. He's a franchise changer. If that guy's available, I may have said this previously, I'm phoning Pat Verbeek every day. What does it take to get him? And you can tell me all you want about all the other garbage I hear about Trevor Zegras. I've known Trevor a long time. I've watched him for a long time. The guy's a winner. He's a winner through and through and through, and he's a game changer. And they don't come along very often. Grant? I'd love to get your opinion on this. I don't think you share the same enthusiasm. I just yeah. see it in your eyes. I figured you, you out by now. We've been together. I've, I've been I've been together with you such a long time, and that <laughs> I, I I see it in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, if you know, if you polar opposite opinion of that would be mine almost. A uh, winner. Really? I I don't know. Minus twenty five. Minus twenty four. Uh, you know, the for last two years in Anaheim, seven points in what twenty eight games this year or something like that. Okay, Franchise right, player. Right. Hold that, on a second. Horrible away you're from right, the you're right. You're right about this year. Okay, seven points. You're right. Well, it, the minus Tony, the Tony, minus twenty four. I mean, the whole team's a minus. Grant, no, they're one of the know, worst teams in it, hockey. But he's on the Ryan first Strong's line. Minus thirty. He's on Frank the first Petrano's line minus on a team. He won't be on the first line in Montreal. He's not better than Caulfield. He's not better than Slavkowski. He's not better than Suzuki. He's not, especially okay. away from the puck. He, I did it. We did a podcast today that's going to air tomorrow, Tony, and we go yeah. into it pretty heavy. That you know, and I even showed some clips. His play away from okay. the puck. He has no interest whatsoever in in back checking. He throws pucks away when somebody goes to hit him. He. Um, 
I mean, he played on the first line for two years on a crappy Anaheim team. This year, yeah. Leo Carlson comes in, 18-year-old beats him out for a spot. They like him better. Okay. Why yeah. would you got to think to yourself, Tony, if he's, you know, a winner and a franchise game changer and yeah. uh, this, you know, that everything that Craig's saying mm-hmm. at 22 years of age, why would they be wanting to trade him, Tony? Well, why I mean, is he even being in the conversation? If you Grant, know, if because all these things so and perfect. he's a winner, okay, you're right. You're right. Trade a 22 year old. They see red flags. Perfect. Okay. Well, there's a lot so of teams that have wanted. To, there's a lot of teams that have wanted to trade players in the past and have that ended up making bad trades. Like the and Boston Bruins also ended up. That, uh, the Boston Bruins got thought, traded. You the know? Boston Bruins thought that Joe Thornton wasn't a leader or a winner, and they traded him. Pierre Luc Dubois on that deal. Pierre Luc Dubois. There's yeah. the opposite. They thought, well, this guy's not going to be a leader. We'll trade him. Were they right? I think so. Yeah, Quite. they were right. Yeah, I mean, they you were can right. mean just as many examples the other way, Tony, as you can that this way. Guy, this guy's got this guy's got a skill set that Pierre Luc Dubois doesn't have. I I think it's overblown. You, you see a highlight real goal from him once every few weeks, and you think, oh my god. He doesn't do it every game, Tony. You see it right. once but, every but, few yeah, weeks. You know what he'll do a, it's Alex Kovalev all over goal. again. Yeah. <laughs> He's just not consistent with his skill. He doesn't, Neither was he doesn't Kovalev. He's hard the, enough. And that's one of the was, reasons why he's only got seven points this year. I don't know why everyone just ignores tell you what why. he's doing this year. I'll tell that's you why. That's got to be a red flag that he's not scoring, that he's not on the first line. Is he supposed on, to be have a bad Players have know. bad seasons all the time, Grant. If 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 if, if Trevor Zegras' name was Nick Suzuki or Cole Caulfield, you would be saying how much he produced at the age of twenty and twenty-one in the National Hockey League, right? With sixty-one points and sixty-five points, and now on the first line on a crappy team. Yeah, well, you know what? The Canadians have had Suzuki and Caulfield in the first line of a crappy team in the last couple of years. He's not going to be on the first line on a winning team, Tony. He's not. He's not. He's not better than Slavkovsky. There's no way. It all depends. He would have to play ahead of Slavkovsky. And his game away from the puck is abysmal compared to Slavkovsky already. And Slavkovsky's 19. You're right. But Cole Caulfield's... He's got 50 pounds on him. He's a winner. He's the... He's the franchise game changer that Button didn't mention last night. Not er, okay. not not Trevor Zegers. The, I could tell you stories from scouts about this guy. Yeah, uh, you know, even, I believe uh, he scored the he scored the game winning goal for for the U.S. at the yeah. World Juniors. Yeah, a guy that connected with Hockey Canada told me he said, "Look at that clip." His teammates didn't even go over to congratulate him. They didn't like him. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's a guy yeah. connected with Hockey Canada that, that's pretty in on the whole thing, saying, you know, not a, he's not a team guy. Well, why is Anaheim trying to trade him? They would okay. know better than we would, wouldn't they? Well, well, they what would. Is, I what mean, his yeah, character is. Uh, Chicago traded Kirby Dock was drafted third he's overall. He's a bit of a showboat, Tony. He is. He and is. He is. But I like that. That's fine. But PK Subban was a showboat, and his and his and and a half right. of his teammates didn't like him. Guess what? He's one of the best defensemen they've had here in the last thirty years. He won a Norris Trophy. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No? He competes a lot what? harder. He, PK compete a lot harder than Trevor Zegers will ever compete. Okay. So I'll give you a comparable that will that will make sense. Okay, he's not a winner. It, it just Stefan Riche. Stefan Riche, uh, his his defensive game was not very good. Okay, <laughs> Alex Kovalev's defensive game was not very good, and Alex Kovalev and Stefan Riche, yeah. and I know that Kovalev was an ox, by the way. Alex Kovalev and Stefan Riche, they were they played when they felt. I understand that. Not not so and and soft. I, I'm. I'm 260, but I don't know how to play. So now listen. No, no. So, He's soft, Tony. They weren't he, soft. He is. He is soft. He is soft. Well, but you, you can't have one on a team. One. He, I don't see him helping you win playoff games, Tony. And that's why you would sell the farm for the guy. I, I wouldn't sell I the farm. I just don't see it. I don't see him. I don't see him as a first liner either. Complimentary anything. player. Second line. Complimentary player. He doesn't have to be the leader. Make Suzuki the leader. Make Caulfield the leader. Make Slavkowski why, the leader. Why can't Make it be another be player, line? Tony? Why does it have to be Zegras? Like, what is, there's 700 players in the NHL. They're I'll all good. There's 100 yeah. really good players. Why does You're it right. have to be Zegras? I'll tell you why. Because at 20, 20 and 21, oh. he already showed that he could put up points. Yeah. He's exciting. He's got great hands. He's a crowd favorite. He might not be a team favorite. He's a crowd favorite. He's very young. His ceiling, you don't think his ceiling is very high? How not about Caulfield? This year, Tony. No, not this year. Yeah, and you know what? And Cole Caulfield a couple of years ago had one goal in 30 games. And he got sent down to the Laval Rocket for five. And everyone thought yeah. he was overrated. And then they changed yeah. the coach and he scored 26 and 46. Look at look at the bring up Jimmy Carson, Tony. Yeah. His first three years in the league. Yeah. Bring up his stats. Jimmy Carson. All right. Jimmy I remember Carson. him. He was part of the, he was part of the uh, was he not part of the Gretzky deal? He was. Yeah. Look at his stats this first three years. 79, 107, and 100. Yeah. Those so are good stats. They, you know. And then they dropped. So they trade Gretzky for him. Oh, let's. You know, let's get this guy. He's going to be friggin' look at how many points he got his first three years. He, I, but Grant, I can name you a bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah but I, I can name a lot guys of points the other in their way. Second and third year had a bad fourth year and then bounced back and ended up being Hall of Famers. It goes both if ways. Give me the time. I'll research it. No, but it goes both ways. It you don't know that ways. Trevor Zegers is going to be a hundred points. I, I mean, I'd be shocked if he was. Especially based on what I I scouted him this year, and he's not competing. If I don't care how great you dangle, how great you know, oh that was a great uh, play he made. If you if you're inconsistent and don't compete, you can be the most yeah. skilled guy in the league, and you don't yeah. do anything. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's a lot of fans that didn't like Kovalev. 
A lot of them. You're going to get back. You're going to tell me he was 220 pounds. Yes, he was. Okay. But there's a lot of fans who didn't like Kovalev. He was a beast. He, 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 he didn't compete more often than not. He only flicked the switch on when he was felt like it or when he was actually pushed to do it. He was very, very frustrating. Uh, at one point, there was talk that, you know what, he, he and Koivu didn't get along and this and that and all that stuff. But Alex Kovalev was the most exciting forward the Canadians had since Stefan Riche. Yeah. And Stefan Riche was the most exciting forward the Canadians had since Mats Naslin. And Mats Naslin was the most exciting forward the Canadians had since the late yeah. Guy Lafleur. And, and, and Yuri Slavkowski is now the most exciting player forward they've had since. So, you're right. But, but you're, saying Trevor Zegers, you're saying Trevor Zegers is going to be more exciting than, than Slavkowski? No, I didn't say that. No, well, I mean. Slavkowski one night. So put right. it this way, Grant. You know, on those nights off that Zegras takes, it could be Slavkowski and it could be Suzuki and it could be Caulfield. And if by chance they're contained one night, you know what? That's probably the night that Zegras is going to wake up. He's going he's gonna to be an inconsistent player, a thousand percent. That's an you know what DNA, it's going to cost you, Tony? Percent. I see that. What's it's it going to cost? cost you, Gooley, in the first round pick? So are you going to? So are you going to do? Sergachev in the first round pick for Drouin, if you could redo that. There was no, an exciting player. He was going to be the most exciting player since Alexei Kovalev. So you trade yeah. you trade your top young defense. It all depends on who your first round pick is, Grant. If your first round pick turns out to be uh it turns out to be uh um uh Kanyemi, well then it ends up being a pretty good deal, Grant, because Kakanyemi's on the fourth line playing nine minutes, Grant. If they right? didn't if they didn't draft Kakanyemi, yeah, I know you love to bring it up all the time. You know what? They wouldn't have yeah. Slav today, so you got to look at the you got to look at the positive. Oh, come on, I mean, come on, come on, come on. So, so now, no, finally, it's true. The one time I'm right that I call for Brady Kachuk, you're going to tell me, well, Tony, if they would have listened to you, they wouldn't have had Slav because they would have been better in the standings. Uh, that you, you're you're using hindsight there too. You weren't that over the top that they take. You pretend that the, now that, yeah, oh, I wanted uh, Kachuk so bad. You I worked at a radio station. I went Dina on too. the entire week, and I said Brady Kachuk. And I can get you, you that tape you tomorrow if you Dina want it. Too. Come on now. I I did. I did. But I said my pick was Brady Kachuk. I well, did like I did like Z Philip Zadina, too. Yeah. But I said my pick was Brady Kachuk. I yeah. just told you five minutes ago, I'm a sucker for genetics. <laughs> I'm a sucker for those yeah. genes, man. You know, his his father was a 50-goal, 45-goal scorer in the National Hockey League. Right. His brother's a 35-40 goal scorer, 100-point guy. National chances are this guy was going to be pretty good, you know? But you were, you were basing it on, you know, you, you didn't scout those guys really, Tony. Like, how much did you see? Kachuk no, no, but, but Grant, Grant, nobody who works radio, I, I, have, I have news for you, something that you already know. Nobody who works a three-, four-hour radio show Scouts players, you know that. Nobody right. that works on television, except for Craig Button, actually scouts players. They get to see them two weeks at the World Juniors, but they pretend that they've right. seen them all year round. You know that. That's the story of the media, right? I know but that nobody in the media scouts more games than you. I know that. Yeah. Some people don't know that because people go on the radio and they pretend like they've seen all these players before. They've never seen them. That's they right. see them at the World Championships for a week. They see them at the Olympics for a week. They see them at the World Juniors for two weeks. But they make it sound like they go to arenas 
and they watch them 45 games a year. They don't. No, they don't. They don't. And uh, just my point, my point being that, you know, you can say that you want a Kachuk, but it was, I mean, you were just throwing a dart at a board, right? I, I spoke to a couple of scouts who knew Kachuk like the back of their hand, and and I got information from a couple of scouts the way you get information from a couple of scouts as well to right. support your case sometimes too, right? You always want a second opinion, third opinion, and see if you're on, you know, you see yeah. things on the same page as others, right? Yeah. You know, but I, mean, I, I, I saw Kachuk ever... four or five. I saw Kachuk four or five times. I didn't see him a hundred times. Right. I, you know that year? I, uh, I talked to Trevor a lot that year, and I mean, it, believe me, it was between those two guys, and he hemmed and hawed and went back and forth on it, and, uh, you know, there was a need for a center. Yeah. There was concern about Kachuk's defense and his skating, and you know what, Tony? For all, yeah. all the good that Kachuk is, I mean, he's just, I love the kid, absolutely love him. He yeah. hasn't got his team into the playoffs yet. He's still not a great skater, and he's still... Not good I, I know, but 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 Jack Nichol had him his team I know, I know. It doesn't matter. You look at the points, and he fights every now and then, and he's big. But he hasn't. They haven't won anything. And you know what? Cock and Yammy. I, I know that. Been part of yeah, a team. That, Yam- that's yeah. But Grant, look at his playoffs. Come at Okay, Tony. You draft guys in the top five to help you win playoff games. It, you know, Grant. at the end of their careers, if Kachuk still hasn't played a friggin' playoff game. and He's part of a loser organization. So was Jack Eichel. And if Kotkaniemi has has, uh, taken his team, has been with teams and scored important goals, he scored the most important goal the last 30 years in Montreal Canadiens playoff history, that overtime goal. But he can't tie Kachuk's stage, Absolutely swamped by Toronto, and they had no business being in the game. He scored the most important goal in the last 30 years. But that doesn't matter. Well, it should. But Gilbert Dion scored big goals in the playoffs and won the Stanley Cup, and his brother never did. His brother's a Hall of Famer. He scored 1,700 points. Right. But who got the the hardware? But but Kotkaniemi went to the Stanley Cup final a couple of years ago, and so did Eric Gustafson on defense, and so did John Merrill. And Brady Kachuk never got there because he's part of a loser organization like Jack Eichel was in Buffalo that were in the bottom of the league for eight or nine years. And the second he got traded to a good team that knew how to win, he won the Stanley Cup. Kakanyemi made it to the Stanley Cup final, but he can't lace Brady Kachuk's skates. You know that, Grant. Come on. You know that. He's not as good, Tony. But who's who's who scored the goal against Toronto? It was uh, Kakanyemi who scored the right. overtime goal against Toronto. Yeah. And he, you know, four, four. He pointed to four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, hey, he scored the goal, the most important playoff goal, along with Lekkonen in the last 30 years. And because they picked him, they got Slavkowski. So... Okay, win, win, okay. Yes, yes, win, yes. Win. Because they got the pick wrong, they they got Slavkowski. Yes, you're right. They got <laughs> Slavkowski. But listen, I tell you something. I tell you, something. Uh, I never had this conversation with Trevor, who I think is a really good guy and a gentleman. And by the way, I think Trevor did a better job than a lot of people thought he did. I think Trevor yeah. did a better job than a lot of people thought he did. Well, especially if you ask the French media, they'll tell you that Trevor's a bum. And I was on La Poche Bleu last night, 
and I went to bat for Trevor like you can't believe, and I've still been red in the face ever since, and it's either because I was debating last night or my blood pressure is like 150 over 120. But I will tell you this, and this I'll say to Trevor's defense, but I don't know this for a fact because I never asked Trevor. As much as he may or may not have liked Kakanyemi, I believe that Trevor Timmons drafted Galchenyuk in 2012 with the third pick overall and later Kakanyemi because he worked under a general manager who kept on repeating that he couldn't get number one centermans via trade Mm -hmm. because to get number one centermans, you have to draft them. So because of the pressure to find the number one centerman that the GM couldn't find, I believe Mm -hmm. that it may have been the tipping point or the difference maker for Timmons to draft Kakanyemi. Now, I don't know that for a fact. I don't agree with that, but I know where you're coming from. You probably know better than I do because you guys are from the same neck of the woods, I think. How far away are you guys from each other? He's an arm player. Where are you? Galchenyuk was a top point scorer for the first five years of that draft class. That wasn't a bad pick. He just, you can't, you can't predict that they're going to be become wild men and party. And, you know, you, you don't know that part of it. That was a big problem for him. He yes. was top three was still problem. in that draft, Tony. I mean, even when he got traded, remember Ray yeah. Ferrero and a lot of learned guys saying, oh, that's a bad trade because Galchenyuk could be a 40 goal scorer. You know, he's got all this and talent. Galchenyuk was traded for Max Domi. Yeah. I didn't understand the deal initially either. Because no. Galchenyuk had scored 30 goals, I think, twice. And the Canadians acquired Domi, who had scored nine. But Domi comes here, he scores 72. And then Galchenyuk's career goes downhill because, unfortunately, as we already knew a little bit when he was here, but then later got confirmation big time years later, he had several demons. Now, yeah. to add to you who has always said that the draft is so difficult, in the end, that 2012 draft that we're just talking about, the best player to ever come out of that draft was and was picked? Well, it's debatable. I mean, there's a, there's a few guys, Philip Forsberg and Morgan Riley. Yes. And, oh, who, I don't know, like what off the top of my Vasilevsky. head. Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. Well, the best yeah, the goalie, draft. sure. But he I mean, who was, who was, oh, he's a player. Yeah, a Russian goalie, yeah. top twenty. I mean, there were there was only yeah. one team that was taking that chance, and uh, yeah. kudos to uh, Eiserman and Tampa for, for yeah. doing that. And you Philip know. Forsberg was obviously an awesome pick at eleven, and Morgan Riley was an awesome pick at five. But yeah, hey, yeah. listen, uh, you 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 got me riled up that it was good. It was good. Yeah, but uh, likewise, yeah. Tony. Hey, so you, when you ask me what I'm giving up for Zegris. I'm not yeah. giving up Bully in a first for Zegris, uh, yeah, but I'll I, give no up way. a first. I'll give up a first and another pick for Zegris. Okay, but not but a I first. I think that gets it pick. done. That's the problem, you know. Okay, well, like, then, I then, don't, then that's, that's another discussion for another day. I, I know, I know. I've been, I've been the anti Zegris here because the, yeah. the way like Craig makes it sound like he's a like he says a franchise guy or whatever, which I don't agree with. But if he thinks yeah. that. Then he thinks that you would give up Gooley and a and a draft pick if this guy's a franchise changer. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I, I. You know. And I think there's going to be better deals out there than what you're saying there. I think, but you yeah, know, time will tell. If you give Anaheim draft picks, they're all going to play in the National Hockey League. I think Martin Madden Jr. is one of the best in the business. I'm a I, I'm a big I, fan of his. Big I don't fan. think that uh, 
Anaheim wants draft picks. They've had enough. They've got enough. They've yeah. drafted enough guys. They want if they trade Zegras, they uh, they want some talent back that, that can help them now and not. They they're not looking for another three four years to wait on guys. I really think that uh, they're going to want a really good piece back, just like Goche, just like they got Cutter Goche back, right, for Drysdale. They didn't take draft picks yeah. for him. I think it's going to be the same, uh, you know, even though, like you say, Marty Madden's had, had a good had some good drafts. So I think uh, I, I really think that they want back a good young piece if they uh, if they trade Zegers. All right, before we break away, do you think Jeff Gordon's going to go to Columbus? For those who are just watching, the Columbus Blue Jackets fired their general manager earlier today, Jarmo Kekalainen, who, by the way, speaking of scouts, was had an awesome reputation as a scout, but, you know, it just takes more than a scouting eye sometimes to be a good general manager, and, and Jarmo... He didn't have a real good time in Columbus. Um, it didn't work out, unfortunately. It looked like one day they were rebuilding, and one day they were a buyer, and one day they were a seller. It looked like they were all over the place, Grant. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Yarmo's going to catch on somewhere else. But John Davidson is the president of Hockey Ops of that organization. He mm -hmm. worked together with Jeff Gordon with the New York Rangers. They were both together when they sent out that rebuilt letter, and yep. they were both fired together by mm. the president of the New York Rangers who had criticized the NHL's Department of Player Safety at one point, and they placed some calls and said, uh, we apologize on behalf of our owner. I know he said what he said, but he shouldn't have said it, and we don't support what he said. And the next thing you know, they were both gone. Now, do you think Jeff Gordon wants to be a GM in the National Hockey League again? And reunite with John Davidson. So go from being president of hockey ops in the in the mecca of hockey to down to GM of Columbus. That doesn't make well, doesn't yeah. compute, Tony. Well, money talks bullshit walks, Grant. You know that. <laughs> what you say, Molson doesn't have any money, or what? Well, I'm saying that if Columbus pays more, he'd probably be enticed to do it, and he probably would like to to have the title of the general manager over a president or a vice president of hockey ops. I don't know. Well, if, he, if he wanted, to, he be if like, he wanted uh, to be a GM again, he'd have taken the GM job in Montreal. Would he have not? Like he would have said, well, I I'll be the GM. I don't think Jeff Molson could have put a GM who didn't speak French. Yeah. You know, that's true. That's true. But, uh, geez, at least you gave me something tonight. Tell me I'm true. Okay. Thank you, Grant. Let's end the show right now. He said I was right about something. Tony, you're we finally that was, you're finally making sense. That was that was a good one. We were going uh, we were going back and forth. We're probably onto something here. We're probably onto something here. I should have you on every night. We'll just talk about Zegras. Uh, and yellow uh, better not use you know what any I'm gonna of those, do? Better not make I'm any clips from that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invite Zegras on the show next week and you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and we'll play we'll play all the clips for him one after another one after another <laughs> my god uh, you got me going tony yeah 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 all right okay i um where there's smoke there's fire only jeff gordon knows how much he's stimulated and you know what maybe he's incredibly stimulated by what's happening in montreal because 
he and Kent Hughes, one of his best friends, they're getting the job done. They're doing it together. They're building something. They finally got a first line in Montreal. Um, you know what? There, there, there's some progression slowly but surely. They're probably going to be out of the rebuild in a year or two. They probably plan to be a competitive team in a couple of years. They probably plan to be a very competitive team in three years. They probably think they can win the Stanley Cup in five years. And because of that, he might not leave. And you know the fact that he's not the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, he doesn't have all that much pressure compared to the general manager and the coach of the team. So maybe he wants to stay. Yeah. But maybe he wants to be reunited with his other buddy, John Davidson, so they can try and finish the job that they weren't able to finish in New York. Yeah. Could be too. Well, I mean, you're going to leave a team like with that defense, young defense, with uh, that's. You know, budding Slavkovsky, the whole works. I mean, Montreal is going to be a buzz over the next two years. The progression that we've seen with uh, Slavkovsky yeah. this year, like, I, I think Montreal contends for the playoffs next year. I don't think it's five years. So do I. So do I really I. don't. I think because they're going to get another top 10 pick this year. Yep. And, uh, you know, Doc's going to come back, and I think that's going to make a huge difference because I really yeah, think top, Doc... Yeah, but do you see the top 10 pick playing in the National Hockey League next year? I see him in two years, and it, it I know, depends. You said you uh, think Canadians are going to make the playoffs next year. Yeah, but they don't... Yeah, they won't need... Like, they're going to get bring in Beck, and uh, and I think Roy will be ready next year. I think uh, Kapanen I, I will think, be playing. I think they need. I think they need two wingers on the second line next year, Grant. Well, I think the they're going to trade. State. Like I say, Tony, I think they're going to trade uh, a decent, a good defenseman or two for at least one top six spot. And uh, Doc's another. You. Doc's going to take another one. And uh, you know, if if they if they get two, that's fine. But I think that there's enough young talent in the organization that yeah somebody can win that other spot out of everybody else and uh yeah. and have a uh have a really really promising good top six for the first time in decades rangers top line rangers top six let's get to the rangers top six and we'll end with this okay uh un unless you feel like sticking around we can go all night if you want because I have a feeling that my wife's so upset that I put her on the screen that I, I'm just probably better off staying down here all night here. Okay, uh, I already got I, I already got it shouted down saying quiet down, quiet oh, really? down. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> quiet down. Yeah, Grant. You, yeah, you you tend to get loud when you get uh, when you get upset. Okay, listen, I'm kidding. Uh, Mika Zibanejad was centering Blake Wheeler and Chris Kreider. Second line: Trocek, Lafreniere, Panarin. And uh, third line, Brodzinski, Capo Caco, and Will Cooley, of course. And fourth line, Barkley Goodrow, Adam Enstrom, and uh, Jimmy Vesey. Blake mm -hmm. Wheeler, who was a great player for the Winnipeg Jets, but then, you know, he's, he's had some injuries over the last couple of years here, and he's been on decline. But when he's healthy, he could be a difference maker. He went down with an injury tonight. His ankle, his right ankle or right knee, like just like bent in a really bad way. Um, they got him off the ice. There was a stretcher waiting for him. Is there a trade to be made between the Montreal Canadiens and the New York Rangers and everyone expects the Canadians to be a seller? 
And you know what I'm thinking about? Like, I know that Josh Anderson's contract of $5.5 million over the next three years scares a lot of teams. But don't you think the Rangers have to go for it this year? Uh, they might, Isn't yeah. that a player that they could add? Right wing on that line with Zabinajad and Kreider? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. If they want somebody that's not going to score any points, he'd be perfect. Josh Anderson scored 27 goals in Columbus, and Max yeah. Domi didn't yeah. score any. And he came You're living in last year points. with Zegris. You're living in last year with Zegris. You're living in last year with Josh. This is this is a year. This is now, Tony. It's what they're doing now that's important, not what they did in the past. Yeah, how many? Yeah, you know what? Uh, there's a lot of guys that didn't do anything in the past, and then they had to change the scenery, and they took off. True. One of them coaches the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Well, he was waived by his team. He was waived. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. No. You're right. Josh Anderson could go to another team and become a 50 goal scorer and win a hard trophy. But I well, think it's I probably think unlikely. I think it's probably I unlikely. Think that. I don't think that. But you know what? Josh <laughs> Anderson could go to the New York Rangers, and the New York Rangers could probably win the Stanley Cup. I'm not telling you they're going to do it because of Josh Anderson. They're likely yeah. going to do it because of Shesterkin. They're likely going to do it because of Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren and Kondre Miller and Jacob Truba and Braden Schneider. And they'll probably do it because of Trocek and Zabinajad and Panarin and Kreider. Um, and maybe even Will Cooley. But they got a they got a pretty good team who just yeah. lost a right winger. Larry Brooks was tweeting, Blake Wheeler's down. The New York Rangers are going to need a right winger here. Yeah. But you know? if you've got Josh Anderson on your first line, I don't think you're winning the Stanley Cup. You know, maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, I mean, he's never scored. Everybody else plays. Never scored 40 points in his career. He's 30 years old. You know, he's been with more than one team. Like, I don't think I don't see how him he he him being the answer to them winning the cup uh, if he uh, you know if he's on the first line in New York, but. I, I love Josh Anderson, though. I mean, he's a great guy. Uh, I don't see anyone trading for him with that contract with three years left at this point because he's just his value right now. He's just not scoring. And he, he's actually not even hitting that much. He's not fighting, really. He had that fight earlier in the year, and then he got hot for a couple of games or a week. And then he's been back to sort of malaise again, you know. Like he's Pascal not- Dupree, Pascal Dupree played for the Pittsburgh Penguins for nine years. He only had one season there, where he picked up more than thirty-eight points. He played on the first line. Who? Pascal Dupree. Yeah. One point. So are Crosby you saying that uh, Zabanajad's uh, Crosby or? I, I didn't say that. Or you just said you well, just said I mean, don't usually and I, you know, like yeah, so George is Tony, you know, I mean, I'm trying to find one. I could have played, I could have played with Crosby on the first line and they'd still won the cup, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Did I tell you my Hall of Fame moment? All-star no. weekend in Montreal, the players and the Stanley Cup. I believe this was a Stanley Cup there. No, that was another night. Uh, the players. That was uh, Christopher Latang bought the brought the Stanley Cup to Bonanate one night, and I was there as well. All Star Weekend in Montreal, all the players are at Bonanate. I go to the bathroom. 
I repeated this story twice. Have you heard it? No. I go to the bathroom. In the middle urinal is Sidney Crosby. On the right is Alex Ovechkin, and I'm on the left. That's my, that's my, that's my, uh, my wow. biggest hockey story ever. Yeah, my biggest hockey story ever. I was at the I, uh, Ottawa. I'm never going to the urinals at Bonanotte again. By the way, the water was really cold. Go ahead. <laughs> I was at the uh, Ottawa draft, and I, I don't know if it was '09, '08, the Eric Carlson draft year. And uh, I, I go to the washroom, and coming out as I'm going in is Seabass, Cam Neely. And I thought, yeah. I thought <laughs> boy, if I'd have been just 10 seconds, <laughs> I'd have been just like Lloyd Christmas in Dumb and Dumber. I'd have got, you know, I'd have got my ass whooped. So I, 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 was, I was glad. I just missed it. I timed it perfectly so that I didn't get in the washroom with Seabass. I was in Boston when the Canadians played the Bruins game seven, 2011 playoffs. That's the year that PK Subban, I believe, tied the game up with about a minute and a half left in the game. A shot right top yep. corner right under the bar. Thomas almost looked like he ducked. It was a, it was a rifle. And the uh, game goes to overtime, a game that the Boston Bruins, of course, ended up winning on a goal by Nathan Horton, which deflected, I think, a couple of times. The Boston Bruins end up winning the cup. Subban scores, a minute and a half left. Regulation is over. Cam Neely storms by press box row. He's red like I was when we were debating about Zegers. He's got smoke coming out of his ears. And he slaps like a, a huge pillar that's basically supporting the building. <laughs> The press box, the floor, it shook. I'm telling you, the pillar was like this wide. He slapped it. And the pillar, like I I, I don't know if it was like, it, I, it just felt like the floor was like shaking. Maybe it was the music that was loud. I don't know. And, and he was making his way down to the locker room. I could wow. imagine what that sounded like. That must have been unbelievable. Hey, good, we went a little that, overtime. That good thing that pillar wasn't Zegris. That's all I can say. Uh, good thing that pillar wasn't Zegris. You're right about that. But then again, <laughs> uh, maybe just the vibration would have made Zegris fall down, according to you, and it wouldn't have been the slap, <laughs> just the vibration, right? Yeah. It's too bad the Canadians didn't have a Zegris back then. He probably would have scored the winner in overtime. Because uh, the Canes had a couple of chances. He's, and a, ended up he's a franchise changer, Tony. Yeah, well, it, not for me, but uh, he would be worth the price of admission on many nights because at $500 or $600 for two tickets in some very good seats, plus a parking and a couple of beverages, I think there's worse things than life than watching Trevor Zegers play hockey. He, he, he's got some skill, that's for sure. I, I'm a skills guy. I'm a skills guy. But then again, I would not give up the farm either. I'm on the same page as Pierre Maguire, who said, Pierre said he's known him. He knows him very well. He and his Pierre son were part of the same program. He watched him a long time, and he said, would I show interest? Yes. If it would be a big price to pay, no. I'm on the same page. Now, Good. would I give up a couple of picks if Anaheim wanted them? Yes. Would one of them be? A first, a first rounder, yes, yeah. But 
would I give up Gooley? Uh, no, I don't think I'd give up Gooley because on the left side of defense, he's going to be better than all of them. Yeah. Right? He's going to be better than all of them. I'm not giving up my best left-handed defenseman. Yeah. He's going to be the best left-handed defenseman. If we had this conversation at the, at the start, Tony, then we could have saved a lot of uh, lot of red face. It was a lot more exciting this way, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> we're able to get you know over a thousand people watching on YouTube live. It was it was better like this. It was better like this. But you know what? I'm getting a lot of Zegras equals drawing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not. No, drawing wasn't able to handle the pressure of being a Montreal boy and playing for the Montreal Canadiens. Trevor Zegras not a Montreal boy. He's an American, That's and true. maybe he'd better be able to handle the pressure. And drawing came in. He was expected to be the savior. If the Canadians would acquire Trevor Zegers, he's expected to be a second liner. A lot less expectations, I think. That, no, Doesn't mean you, he would succeed, but no, you made some good points, Tony. I, I will, uh, I will concede that. Uh, I mean, I just, I don't know that he's gonna, if he's the answer to helping uh, you win a cup. I really don't. I just, I have some reservations about how much he wants to win. Um, I think it's more about himself than it is about team. And uh, I just don't think that that's the, the piece that they need because it's going to cost a lot. It's, I know, I, yeah. I know that. That's a nice challenge though. There's a lot of coaches in the history of the national hockey league that mm-hmm. had players that were known for their individual stats being their priority. And they yeah. took it upon themselves and they're, they're as a challenge to change that player and make that player a 200 foot player. And some of those players that had that label went on to become 200 foot players and went on to win Stanley cups. So yeah. it would be a beautiful challenge for Marty St. Louis. True. True. You know? And Zegers isn't that old, right? I mean, he's just a kid, so uh, there can be growth in his game for sure. But I, there's question marks there, you know. There is. There's a lot of there ifs. Is. There's so. I I just I I think the price would be too high. I don't th- I don't think the Canadians. I think that what they're trying to build here, I really think that they they would be concerned that he he would upset chemistry in the wrong way. And I don't know how much importance you put in that, Tony. But you've played, you've played. Oh, it's big. Competitive it's big. sports, and you know that a, a tight dressing room is important to a winning team. It really is. Look, look. If they would acquire Trevor Zegras, and he'd end up having a negative influence on Cole Caulfield, and all of a sudden things start to get out of hand, then obviously it wouldn't be worth it, right? If they end up becoming like brothers like they used to be when they played with the U.S. National Development Program in the 17s and 18s and end up having unbelievable chemistry off the ice and on the ice, you know, then again, maybe they might never play together even if they were on the same team. Maybe they do. Injuries here, injuries there. Sometimes you change up the lines. Who knows? Anyway, we're going to be interested for sure. It's going to be a great rest of the regular season. Even if the Canadians don't win that many games, reminding everyone that NHL trade deadline is on Friday, March 8th. And uh, we'll bring you, um, you know, pretty pretty good coverage on that day and leading up to it, of course. And Grant, I thank you very much. And reminding everyone, when is the next edition of the Recruits Draftcast podcast? Uh, I think it's going to hit the uh, hit social media about noon tomorrow. Noon we- tomorrow. 
Yeah. It is a date. Okay. Sounds good. And Tony, who do you, I always who, appreciate you who, having me on. You're very welcome. I appreciate you taking the time to come on and join me. And uh, even if it meant uh, getting a rise in your blood pressure, my regards to the missus, give her my best. And once again, subscribe to grants recruits and recruits.ca. It's an independent scouting service. He is the founder. He is the owner. He is the sheriff. Our, uh, Arbor Jacka is the sheriff with the Montreal Canadiens. Grant is the sheriff of uh, scouting and uh, scouting magazines for $3.99 per month. Everything is absolutely unlocked. You have um, scouting reports. You have articles. You have interviews. You have everything. Check it out at recruits.ca. We'll talk to you soon, my man. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. I want to thank our partners and our sponsors, uh, Energy Transportation Group, La Bitta TB, Playground, and Accent Insurance Solutions. The Accent Insurance Solutions, turning point of the hockey game. Accent Insurance Moment of the Game. I say the moment of the game, the New York Rangers score a goal to give them a 3-1 lead, courtesy of uh, Zabinijad, a shorthanded goal. Marty St. Louis challenges the goal for goaltender interference. The goal stood. The Rangers go on the power play. They end up making it a score of 4-1 to on the power play with uh, uh, Fox to Panarin, deflected by Kreider in behind Savard. And that goal, 4-1, ended up being the Rangers' fourth goal in a span of four minutes and ten seconds. And that Rangers' third goal, the coach's challenge, leading to a Rangers' power play, and they score the fourth goal, for me, is the Accent Insurance Solutions turning point of the hockey game. Playground, speaking of which, Saturday, I'm going to be there. Agnello Cavallaro will be there. Sammy Cavallaro will be there. It's Sammy's first annual poker tournament. A great night of poker and fun. It's $150 to participate in the game of Texas Hold'em. Drinks are included. Food is not. Neither are buy-ins or add-ons. It will be a great time. All proceeds are donated to Cure SMA Canada. Cure Spinal Muscular Atrophy. Let's try and find a cure for this terrible disease and everyone who has it, including our friend, Sammy, let's try and help him out for tickets. Call 514-219-2725. That's 514-219-2725. Another great night on the Sick Podcast, I think. I hope you enjoyed it. Montreal Canadiens coverage weeknights at 10 p.m. right here on the Sick Media Network. For Agnello, Sammy, and Juliana at Master Control, they're Cavallaro. Leave me a five-star review on Apple. I'd appreciate it. I'm Marinaro. Me. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And playground your premier gaming destination